This is your humble host, Arzu, and welcome back to another episode of Arzu R Podcast. This is the first episode of 2022, and here I am back on International Women's Day, and I'm going to celebrate it with you with another episode with a lady in animation, one of the most amazing artists that I have privileged to talk to on this episode. I do personally enjoy talking to women and hear about their adventures and their journey. And uh, please check out my previous episodes. I've talked to so many amazing women and um, the guests that I have are all amazing artists. And yeah, just go and check them out if you haven't yet. And the story of so many women's have not been told in history, but you just look at your surroundings and look at yourself and you definitely will find a lot of strong women's around you. I mean, the fact that you try to be the best version of yourself would help the world a lot. But shout out to all the ladies out there who've paved the way for um, the next generations. So salute to all the women out there my today's guest is Claire Keen. She's an illustrator and visual development artist who contributed to their Disney films such as Enchanted, Tangled and Frozen. She comes from a family of artists. She's the daughter of Disney's legendary animator Glenn Keane, whom is my absolute favorite, as you may know, and the granddaughter of cartoonist Bill Keane. She currently published her third illustrated book that is now available to purchase. And in this episode, we are going to talk about all Claire's ambition to become a singer, to have turning point in life where she studied in France, learning about fashion and graphic design until she finally moved to visual development and work on Disney's Rapunzel. We talked about all the possible inspiration behind that movie and her sketchbook, her fine artworks, the painting that she does, and last but not least, her illustrated book and the latest Little Wonder. For all the superheroes, mom and women out there, we also discuss about keeping the balance between personal and work life after becoming a mom. Here we go with another episode. Don't forget to support and share. Hello, everyone. I'm here with my loveliest guest, Claire Keane. We actually just had a long conversation, which was pretty cool and inspiring interviewing me, actually. But now we're going to talk with Keller and the stage is yours Keller hello hi I'm so excited to be here like I've said many times in the past hour <laughs> I <was> talking <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited about this podcast and and um, and your mission with it of like trying to bring art to uh, the Farsi language and like from all around the world and um, I think that's great thank and you I'm so much really I've heard of it I appreciate your time and the fact that you accept my invitation. I'm super excited too. So normally I start with uh, everyone's background. So obviously you raised and born in an artsy family. So it's like mm-hmm. your father, your grandpa and everyone. So you basically raised and born in a family that everyone was artists and it was all art, art around you. So yeah. I really want to know, like, for a little clerk who already, like, 
born in art so how does it feel like for you so um did you ever i think that i should ask about a question in a opposite way like did you ever wanted to be something rather than not being an artist yeah yeah actually i grew up i, I wanted i wanted to be a singer oh and i it went through my whole childhood and um, high school years like very determined about that and um actually i had actually auditioned at the i decided that i wanted to be a singer and that i wanted to live in london and i <laughs> only wanted to <laughs> i only wanted to sing opera in london and um and so and at the best school i i, I had huge ambitions i had big ambitions and so i auditioned for the royal academy of music trinity college of music wow. and I think it was Birmingham or something another really big one and uh and I didn't get in which really wasn't that surprising considering that I was pretty young I was 17 at that time and um but in any case it was I was graduating high school because they're like oh well you should you should like come back when you're like in 21 after university so I was like I don't understand how this works and, and I was like well I'm finishing high school now I need to get into some sort of college and I can't go to a regular college because <laughs> my math scores are way too bad. And, um, uh, math scores. and also <laughs> well, well, go to a regular school like that. So I ended up, um, I ended up going to Parsons School of Design in Paris. I was living in Paris at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, and so all that to say, yes, I did want to be something else and that was a singer and, yeah and I, even to this day I'm like ah, I really really like I don't have any any opportunity to do that anymore like like it's not in my I'm not part of a choir like I don't have anything like that and so I kind of miss it and, and oftentimes Aww. I I really do think that like having my family be um so much in the drawing world and the illustration art uh, animation yeah. world like it really set the tone that's what it it was like that paved a much clearer path for me than yeah. this thing because nobody in my in my family was a singer so it was it it wasn't where my I, I didn't know how to like make that work but I saw how my dad had made the drawing work and I had seen how my grandfather had made the his drawing work yeah. and, and like I had been drawing my whole life and that was like both of those were like hand in hand like singing yeah and I, I still sing while I draw <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing maybe maybe you should do like a uh, illustrated book with like sounds in it so you can also have your voice somewhere in the book <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you gotta think about like some creative ideas to combine this too <laughs> in the future. I do. I, I do need to come up with something somehow to use it because my kids are my kids are sick of it. They're 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 done with hearing me sing. <laughs> A new audience. <laughs> yeah, talk, talking about your thing, your kids. I mean, your kids are going to be like future artists, I assume, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Roman and Matisse, both of them are just like, um, just. It, it just like pours out of them 
Yeah. It's really inspiring. Roman, he has so many ideas for stories. Just it, it's constant every day. He, he makes it about like four or five books a day. I'm like, um, I can't come up with one idea. <laughs> a talking Aww. hat. That's oh, okay, okay. Like super easy. Makes yeah. it look maybe you should do collaboration with him as well. <laughs> I I think I should. <laughs> yeah that's really interesting because um, yeah obviously you drawn since you were you were drawing since you were born so it's funny to know that people who already are in the artsy family maybe want to do something else rather than that although like music is also art but it's as you mentioned it's a different form that um the the pat was um unknown for you rather than with like drawing and illustration you already know how it works and how disney's like or like you already got that word within your house yeah. so yeah that's yeah. really interesting so I, I i also wanted to know like how was it for you too because you were raising as at the time that these other princesses these new princesses were born as well like with like ariel so how does that feel for you like as a kid like when you knew that your dad for example create ariel is that like a as a child you cared at all i mean i was i was proud of that um for sure but for me it was more like oh my dad's like making a mermaid and I was just like all, I was 10 years old when he was doing, or when it came out. And so I think that when I was nine years old, I, for Halloween, I dressed up as a mermaid. Nobody else <laughs> was dressing up as mermaids at that time because it hadn't come out yet. But I was like, this is really cool. But I made my mermaid have blonde hair because I, I had red hair and I did not want red hair. And I was like, oh yeah. And so I was just like, I want, I want to be a blonde mermaid. <laughs> I, th I think originally Mer Ariel was also blonde, wasn't it? I don't know. I think I've I think seen early concepts of mermaid. Maybe maybe it was blonde. I have a feeling that I've seen something. I don't know. Um, so basically, you because you already was sort of like homeschooled. There was one interview that you had that was interesting for me, and it was like you were talking about how you and your brother was uh, getting like critics from your dad and you were the ones that you wanted to be critiqued and improve your art but yeah. your brother was more like he didn't really want to like being critic and he was wanted, wanted to be encouraged bring it yeah yeah, yeah so how, how did that help you to um when until then time that you went to uh, Paris and study art so I want to know like um you already had this base of foundation and when you move to Paris that this that does those stuff help you at all to or like I don't know to have a like a base of foundation do you know what I mean yeah well it did help Justin it it helped me more for my own personal art at home and I was doing what I wanted to do like I could get like the basic shapes down pretty quickly and the way that my dad had shown me kind of getting the poses in there but when I started like when I started art school at the French school after Parsons I did one year at Parsons um thinking I was going to do fashion and and then I oh, yeah. ended up yeah you, you said then, fashion for a year as well yeah did okay, you okay yeah no, no, no. I just remember that you did that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
and and so then I went to this art school and they really kind of like went back to the basics and they the one of the first exercises that they had us do was they we were sitting down they're like okay uh I want you guys to draw an elephant just from memory draw an elephant and it was so simple it was just like such a simple thing like you think that you know what an elephant looks like yeah you sit down to try to draw it you realize oh oh no this is much I don't know what the proportions are and uh and you start realizing oh shoot I really don't know what these basic things like I have like an idea of what it is in my mind and but I don't actually know and that's what the school really was trying to teach us was to Mm. observe really rather than just observe like just recalling kind of like basic shapes or like an idea and um and so when I started when I would start doing a drawing I would kind of start doing my thing that my dad had taught me like basic shapes and kind of but I I had to learn how to change those shapes based on what I was seeing Mm -hmm. Um, rather than just kind of going from memory like oh this is what uh, a torso looks like but really looking at the torso in front of me and saying oh that is a very unique shape yeah Um, yeah and so I had to um unlearn few things (laughs) unlearn unlearn things in order to use those things that he taught me to a better degree like Mm. because until then I could always get by by doing like a really great drawing but it wasn't necessarily representing what was in front of me and and the school was all about copying what what was in front of us yeah and that was a really uh, a thoughtful lesson that I've kind of taken through in my whole life about like really observing um what's in front of me and trying to capture that rather than just some some preconceived idea yeah yeah definitely definitely so and also like um generally the french schools um approach are really different from american schools as well so there are i think there are more allowing you to do more experimental things or um, I don't know play around with different materials or being more I would say creative with whatever that you have is that right in in well in the French schools no no okay no I mean I mean maybe other French schools huh okay okay. like when when I talk to my friends that went to Cal Arts they're like oh yeah we we got to do this we could just choose and and, and it sounds like a dream and I'm like oh that was not my experience at art school no, okay. No. It was, okay it was very so it was mili- more like a straight one military <laughs> no seriously like they um like we would do our illustrations for the whole week and we would put them up on the cord and we we're 300 in the beginning and after the first year we were only 100 and oh, then wow. every- it would pare us down wow and- and but so we put our yeah it was really tough and so at, at the end of the week we put our illustrations on the 
court and they would basically just like just tear them apart verbally. oh no if that's they really sort of strict like physically tear it up and I was also learning French at the time like I didn't really speak it so I was like I'm just gonna pretend like I don't speak French right now and then I'm like oh, oh he's tearing it up I guess he doesn't like it <laughs> that then, was some real actions going on there even if you don't know French you know what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah and uh and then like years later when I did speak French, my friends were like, do you remember when Trouble was telling us, like, if you continue making uh, um, shit like this, you'll end up drawing Mickeys in the Mickey house all day. And I, and I think that he was saying it because he knew that my dad was a, a Disney oh, person. And he was like trying, but I had, I had no idea that he had even said it. And they're like, yeah, oh, he wow. would say it all the time. I'm like, oh my God. That is interesting. So cool. Like, <laughs> but but I, I I assume that even like even though they were really hard on you, but you um, try to, as you mentioned, to uh, learn the new things and combine them with the knowledge that you have to make the best out of. Like, yeah. Eventually, I learned how to combine everything, but it, it actually, um, I didn't realized the importance of that when I was in it because I was uh-huh. I, I feel like I was just kind of like dog paddling just trying to like stay afloat and just trying to get to the point that they wanted me to be at so that I could like make it to the next level and make it to the next level yeah and ultimately and and then and I kind of really lost my own uh vision for myself too because during that time um well, it was a graphic design school, um, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know what graphic design was. Okay. Um, and, but it was the first two years were very much drawing based. So they were like a lot of like life drawing and stuff. So I thought that it was like an illustration school, but it was really more known for its graphic design. And that's why a lot of the, the students had chosen that school. Um, and they, um, they wanted to be art directors for magazines and do type and um and because that's how the school kind of was going like the direction that it was going yeah. just naturally without even thinking about it my mind was kind of like oh yeah I guess I'm gonna have to find a job as an art director at a magazine do type uh, okay I didn't realize like Claire that might not be like like I was really bad at that and for me like that was like the math portion of (laughs) the art (laughs) and I without realizing like oh actually it's really the drawing part that I like and not only the the telling the story through my drawings and Mm. there wasn't much going on at the school um actually not at all um the storytelling part through drawings wasn't even like a thought. Um, although communication, um, communicating an idea was a big, a big deal. Yeah. Um, but that I, 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 I w- when I look back at that and remember like how worried I was about not fitting in. Yeah, okay. With- 
and why how is how is my future going to be like if I can't like do this uh topography <laughs> kerning and, and I was just like Claire you're I, I guess I was just so myopic but it was because I was like in this environment that was Definitely. very much centered towards that and it wasn't yeah. until um we had our last year where we could or I guess it was the last three months of the school where we could um have our thesis project we could decide what we wanted to do oh, okay. and I have a fairy tale um to illustrate oh. a fairy tale children's book and um and it was like I just I just knew this is exactly what I want to do okay so yeah, that was like I, a click. So you you already knew that you wanted to do more like a storytelling part of things and you love drawings, but like learning more about graphic design. So with like illustration, illustrating books, it was like a little bit of this and a little bit of the things that you've liked. So that was exactly the moment it, that you realized really, that's book. everything plays. And I was telling my dad, um, while I was doing it, I said, you know, I'm just loving this whole like exploration part of, because I had to design my characters for the book. I had to design the environments and yeah. what the dress that she was going to wear. And I was telling him like, I love just like exploring all this stuff. I just wish I could have a job where I could just explore. And he's like, like Claire, like that, that totally exists in the animation and on uh, visual in, and I was doing that for, for Ariel. Um, and I was like, oh, that's funny. I never even, I, I guess I just kind of lumped that in with the job of a, an animator, but apparently they had like a job called visual development that was specifically for designing. And yeah. I was like, I want to do that. And that's when he was like, well, I'm, I'm directing Tangled based on Rapunzel or he he didn't say Tangled at the time because that came later <laughs> but he said I'm I, I'm directing a movie about Rapunzel and we're gonna need um some visual developments in it and and that was just like that it's like my dream a dream like just I, I love fairy tales I love I love fairy tales and princesses and all that world and, and getting to do that. It was just like another combination of all that. And so, and so then that thesis project really just kind of showed me like, oh, this is what I love to do. Yeah, I interesting. Do that I've been telling myself that I need to kind of fit in and do. Yeah, that was so interesting. Like um, the fact that although like, um, you were within this animation board, but you somehow got involved with so many other uh, parts of art, like, I don't know, fashion, graphic design, and all those, like, being strictly into drawing and drawing from, like, life, still yeah. life and such. So you kind of, like, forget that, oh, this actually exists in animation. So it's kind of like going walk around and then go back to the first Yeah, place, like, like full it. circle, but I couldn't yeah. have gotten there without doing all of that it's but, uh, yeah but you know the interesting thing that is uh, I think that was uh, again it had a reason because now that you mentioned that you studied fashion and graphic design and all that now when uh, we, we see our work you our, your work we realize that how those things influences on your work because obviously for the works that you've done with 
uh, Rapunzel or Enchanted, you have so many like custom designs or hair designs yeah. that obviously uh, shows that you have this sense of fashion or you kind of have a knowledge of that as well. Or Yeah, like, your, I love that. Yeah, or yeah. with your like uh, illustrated books, obviously you learn those skills from like how to uh, have like this typography or I don't know, graphic design or how to put a book together so which I think that that's that how it makes it interesting because it's not like a full circle for nothing you know like you learn a lot of yeah. things and you sort of like combine everything to go back to where you were supposed to be you sort are of. Yeah. yeah yeah very much what happened yeah um, yeah and it just seems so simple like wait how how did I even like lose sight of that and sometimes I wonder sometimes I wonder if there's ways in my life that I'm doing that today or I'm like wait a second like <laughs> what am I trying to fit in for yeah um so you you've started working in animation the first uh, so did you start from um working on Rapunzel or Enchanted or others were before that so no, what is... I, I went directly into Rapunzel Rapunzel and, uh, okay worked on that for seven years wow <laughs> it took that long oh it, wow. my dad was working on it for 14 years um but i i worked on it for seven years and yeah. it was just it was magical uh i know that you've um i mean i already told you the story of my life but i actually remembered the very early concepts of um, rapunzel when it came out it was this uh famous rococo work I forgot oh, the yeah. name, but the uh, Rapunzel was on a swing, so which yeah. was inspired by the Rococo painting. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I remember that was the very, very, very early Rapunzel news that came out, and I remember that clearly. So yeah, I'm yeah, feeling that old. Was, if it was forty uh, years ago, <laughs> that was uh, the art director at the time, Lisa Keen. Oh who, yeah, of no relation, but her and her name is spelled just a little bit different, but yeah. she. One that did that painting, and I saw yeah. that painting, and I was just like, Oh my! I, I, she had done it all in Photoshop, and oh, yeah. I had anybody paint in Photoshop before. And so, when I got onto the show, I was like, Lisa, you have to teach me how to paint in Photoshop. And so, she's oh, the one that oh, oh, oh amazing, yeah, because you, you obviously have a really versatile style, so you, I, I've seen you do a lot of like hand drawing with different materials pastel ink watercolor so on Rapunzel you learn Photoshop from Lisa shout out to her wow yeah. amazing cool yeah she, is, she was amazing and she was such a support and and still is yeah my yeah definitely so um with Rapunzel um when I look back at your work it's it's also now that I mentioned like a Rococo inspiration I also see a lot of like I don't know you also have a lot of different um drawings there there are some really simple sketchy um drawings of Rapunzel and then you have these digital paintings that are more rendered with uh, light and color and um, I, I also have the feeling because maybe life in Paris also helps you as well to uh, get inspiration from these um, um, famous painters or I don't know, like um, 
you have this, I don't know, Rembrandt lighting in some of your works and all that. So I want to know how the, how does that work? Like within only one um, animation, you have so many different um, styles and different concepts. Is that what you've been told to do or is that what you wanted to do yourself? Or, I mean, was it like you've been directed to do, for example, a pen work for Rapunzel or is something that you choose or do you know how, how does that work? Because yeah, there are so um, many things. Yeah, yeah. There, there are. And, and it's all about like what I'm trying to communicate in those drawings. Like, so the sketches, I'm just trying to come up with ideas of how this girl, it's, it's like the storytelling part of like, how is, how do we show that this girl is in a tower and that she is a you're every girl like yeah that how do we show like the relatability of this character that most of us have not had to live fortunately of being contained in this tower but like um what would i do um if i were confined in my house um all day and and <laughs> and just trying to like come up with that and like what are the little things that are going to make Rapunzel relatable? And those, that's, those ideas needed to come kind of quick and I couldn't censor myself. And so they were done with just regular pen in my house because also I was coming out of a, a phase when I had been like really kind of tight and like in Photoshop, like doing, I think I was like working on eyelashes or something. <laughs> and, um, and that, I was like, I need to just break free from that. I just need to get into like real medium and like not mm -hmm. have button and everything because I needed to not censor myself. And that's where those drawings came from was just like, just trying to come up with lots of ideas. Exploration. Then, yeah. Yeah. Exploration. And then um, the, the Rembrandt stuff, um, we had just changed the style of, the movie from like Fragonard to mm -hmm. yeah, it was Fragonard, uh, yeah. We wanted to make it darker, and oh, okay. my, I don't know if it was my dad that was talking about Rembrandt or if it was me. I think it, we we were just talking about it being dark, mm -hmm. and and so I was like, I think it was my dad that was saying like, yeah, it'd be so cool if it could like have those deep shadows the way that um, yeah. Rembrandt. Had. And so then I I was like yeah I want to see exact I want to see what she would look like in that in that sort style environment and so yeah. um my assignment at the time was just to design her dresses and so I mean as oh, okay. a visual developer I could choose to use any medium that I want to to design the dresses it doesn't have to be anything um I could have chosen to to just do lots of sketches in in um pen but for me, what was really inspiring me at that moment was this style piece. Mm. And so I was like, well, I'm going to do my dress designs in this Rembrandt style. So that's why there's those paintings that feel like um, Rembrandt mm. and she's in different dresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, again, when you talk about dresses, it's just always so cool to know that your background of fashion helped that too. But yeah, obviously, um, yeah, within like, uh, when you are in the Viz Dev especially, you have to explore a lot of different styles and, and because the movie takes so much time um, to 
get to the production um, part. That's why, yeah. as you as you were mentioning, sometimes the story change, so you need to uh, design new things based on the changes of the story. And maybe, maybe again, that's why a lot of like um, pieces that you've done are different as well. Because um, yeah, it, in, when you're in the Viz Dev, it's all about like exploring different things and all that. Um, but how about like, um, yeah, because you were also mentioning that you were, it's, it's right, really funny that you were saying, <laughs> I was trying to think how a girl would be when if she works from home now we are all in that <laughs> right so we're all in lockdown so that's, that's what you back in all do know that experience <laughs> every, every everyone knows so uh, i didn't want to stop you at that time but now we all know how it feels like so we are all i i think we all do baking candle making all the things that rapunzel yeah. was doing in her castle through yeah. this past two years with corona <laughs> <laughs> even even I was baking so it shows that that two years stuck in castle would make you do things like that <laughs> but yeah definitely at that time you had to explore what um the character is thinking so it's also one of yeah. the processes that the uh, visitor artists go and uh, can you tell me more about like what questions do you normally ask when you want to like design a character or an environment um, like what sort of question do you ask yourself to get to that especially that is like assigning me the project they're like okay so we've got this character and um and and I have like my list of questions like okay so um does this character have parents like what did they love him <laughs> like <laughs> I want to know everything wow um, yeah, and if and most of the time they have no answers for those questions, and you so have to make it up. I have to make it up, and um, and that's uh, and that's inspiring to me because uh, because I I want to feel that my designs I, I can't design in a vacuum. It, it just like if I if I'm just designing because. I'm trying to make a cool looking character, I don't even know what that means. Like I don't oh, I don't. Yes. But uh, an aesthetically pleasing character looks like without the motivation for having the character in the movie. Like, he has to have some purpose for me to feel um, like it's working or not working. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I ask myself lots of questions. I ask myself, how does this mostly I ask myself how is this character supposed to why is this character in the movie and Mm -hmm. and what does he mean for the other characters and how does he bring out certain aspects of the other characters okay or um so basically the role of the character and the relationship it has with the uh, the other characters in the movie and yeah yeah and and so then a lot of times what i end up doing is designing that character in relationship to the other characters so mm-hmm. while i'm exploring i'll kind of like put him or her in situation mm-hmm. with other characters so I can see like oh I like this like shape difference or this shape 
this shape is actually way too similar to the other character's shape. What can okay. I do to like separate them? Or maybe they're supposed to be very similar. I don't know. Um, I and see. That, those are kind of the things that I think about. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so even even I think with the Rapunzel, you um, when you were doing the, um, the, the the paintings of her doing on the wall, I think you had to also think about how Rapunzel would do it, like what sort of style would Rapunzel paint, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so that's how you figure out this simple shapes of her or I don't know drawing songs or being so like decorative art sort of thing so um yeah so um and and it's really interesting for me because um not only you had to think about how how she would draw and you were drawing how she would draw <laughs> yeah so you, were, you were also actually doing it uh, yourself in the real life painting on the wall of like disney hall or whatever it well, was that right was after, that was after i had all it was after painting. that oh yeah. okay <laughs> like up with the idea while i was painting on the wall that would that would be like i i should have i would have had to get paid a lot more for that <laughs> <laughs> obviously but I think that was a cool experience though yeah to be able to it really was and actually I had a really hard time um painting the the murals or des designing the murals I should say yeah. in the because I can't oh. um figure out actually when I was trying to come up with these ideas of how to make Rapunzel relatable that was just exploration that I had decided to do on my own because okay. I had to design the murals. And so I'm sure the producers were like, what is she even doing? Why is she like doing these like drawings of Rapunzel, like making a, a chocolate, chocolate croissants? Like what, how does this have anything to do with the murals? But for me, I felt like I had to get to know her in order to feel like I knew her well enough that I could paint her paintings. Yeah, I just wanted to mention something. I've been to um, Disney Cruise um, uh, here in UK. So um, yeah, yeah it, it was so much fun. But they had this Rapunzel restaurant, that Rapunzel theme restaurant. And it's really interesting because now that you mentioned that you had to go through all these details, you know, even um, not only it happened in the movie that they're like I don't know they obviously used it in the movie but in the uh, merch and all the crews and everything that they're designing now they all all have this um, sun theme um, on the wall oh. and on the culture and all that which is uh, actually when I when I was sitting in the restaurant I was thinking that oh my god a whole team of like Visdev was working in this so I want to say that your work actually goes much more than the movie yeah. you know it's, it's yeah. not only like uh, happening in the movie itself but through a lot of like merch and even the Disney themed restaurant of Rapunzel yeah, they're it's, all it's your it's design you know yeah, and Disney is the perfect uh, example of that because they have, like, I don't know, created so many things yeah. off of that they've made. Yeah. Um, but in that, for the murals, like, 
that that was like a whole like I just like a psychological dive into this character that we still didn't know who she was and and I realized that it was in trying to understand who she was that we ultimately ended up creating her and um and once I had done all that I felt like okay I I feel like I've done enough work on her to feel like um I can like it was an honor to be able to be her like conduit for <laughs> painting her paintings and um I felt like okay I've earned my due like I've spent these hours with her in her tower and uh yeah. and I, I think that I could figure it out and so then with this actual style um because I didn't I didn't paint like that before I mean now I I've been able to kind of like that is like a way that I, I paint now, but that's yeah. really because um, making those murals, it kind of like inspired something in me. And, and that was really inspired by um, the illustrator, Charlie Harper from the 1960s. He did these okay. biology that were very like, uh, the shapes were very simple and he would do these, these big uh, like pieces that would, have lots of different um, like objects on them or animals, like a whole thing of animals or leaves or something. And they okay. would all be different, but they would all like fit in like mm. puzzle pieces. And it was just, every time I would look at um, the Charlie Harper books, like my heart was just like, oh, it's just so good. I, I think it was Todd Oldham who, had it printed out and was um, was really a champion of getting Charlie Harper's work out into uh, the, the public at that. Yeah, and I was really just very inspired by that, and then also just the naive, a very simple way of seeing reality from the medieval scripts, like the medieval oh. painting. Okay. And seeing the way they would okay. describe, um, it wasn't perspective, but they would like kind of show a whole pathway, not in perspective, but it was like they were telling a story. Mm -hmm. It was very, and um, and I really connected with that too. And mm -hmm. so those two things together kind of made this style. I see. Was, was, was it also like um, artists like Chagall or that yes. as well? Well, yeah. And, and so one of the reasons why I had such a hard time figuring it out was because my dad kept talking about Chagall and he wanted okay. her painting to feel like Chagall paintings on the wall. And, um, and, and I just couldn't see it. Like I, I didn't, like Chagall has like really big um yeah is of color behind his characters and, and I was I just didn't know how I would do the murals in that style and and have them feel full because uh -huh. it also made me feel like she's been doing this for 18 years it had to be just like full of stuff yeah and more detail yeah and um and so when I was talking with him about it, what I realized 
what he really loved was the colors, like the bright colors of Chagall, oh, okay. it's like mm. colorful. And so like everything kind of come to get, came together. So I was like, okay, so she's gonna have like all of these little, all of these objects, all of these things that she's observed from her window on the walls. <clears throat> but I can't, it, it can't just be like, they have to have some sort of cohesive design. And that's when Charlie Harper connection came as well. Yeah. Connect, yeah. Connecting shapes. And then the uh, Chagall piece came through. I was like, oh, I can put the vibrant colors through it. And, and perhaps it's um, like a spectrum of color going from blues to greens, to yellows, to oranges, to reds, to pinks and, and have it yeah. kind of go around like that. Um, Interesting. And, and those were ways to kind of like keep the, keep the ideas kind of cohesive rather mm. than like object, 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 object. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so even like within uh, the murals on Rapunzel's um, wall, you can also un understand like by looking at them, especially like within the beginning of the movie when, when, it, when she's singing and all that, you can understand her story in just one song you can understand like what she was doing in 80 years as you mentioned so if she was like making crossings or whatever <laughs> so yeah that, yeah yeah so that that that's what you were trying to do so sort of like bring her story and yeah connect the all the parts of her life in one big painting right yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think also it was a good experience for you because you also continuing doing murals in your own bedroom. So yes. <laughs> you had a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I, right now I'm I'm trying to design my um my living room wallpaper and I'm I've been teaching myself how to do like a half drop repeat and it's just it, oh. it I understood it, but it was uh, mental it, it makes me crazy every single time I get into it and it's been a year I've redesigned it like 14 times like nothing I feel like nothing is good enough um and then I'll like I'll see somebody else's wallpaper I'll be like oh I want it to look like that and so then I'll redesign it and, be, and then I'll like be down like this rabbit hole of like very something very geometrical and then I'll see something else be like oh no but those beautiful floral uh, and then i'm like down that rabbit hole and, uh. you cannot decide on a side note uh, i remember your uh, you, you've been doing the your house design very cool that you were also in a magazine and i remember you had this whole spot for um doing only pastels right in your house uh -huh. you had your own yeah. studio doing pastels which is really cool so i'm pretty sure whatever you choose is going to be awesome <laughs> yeah uh, yes okay yeah. <laughs> now I have two two uh like half put up wallpapers up there and it's just and it's been like that for a year and it's so embarrassing oh don't worry yeah <laughs> you already made it to the magazine for having a cool house so don't, don't worry about that half wallpaper <laughs> but yeah talking more about like your um drawings one of the re uh, great things that i love about your work is the fact that you uh, you it seems like you carry your sketchbook everywhere as if you are doing photography because with your <laughs> sketches you are 
capturing every moment whether it's your kids or I don't know you're having a coffee or you're I don't know traveling you have uh, these cool sketches of every place that you go that are really loose uh, ink and pen sketches and with some sometimes with watercolor so I want to know when because you also talk about um, early in your um, school time you were learning to observe so can you tell me more about the fact that how important is it is it is to um, observe or capture those real life moments because I think it's sort of like a journal for you but at the yeah. same time it's very unique and I think yeah basically instead of like taking a photo you sketch so how does that work yeah. for you I I wish I could say that it was as much of a, a habit as you're kind of making it sound uh, <laughs> I, I feel really guilty because I haven't done a sketch for a super long time, uh. but, but yeah, when I'm, when I'm doing those sketches, um, it's like a, a chance to like really just dive into that moment completely yeah. and, um, and to just try to capture like the feeling that I'm getting from that moment um and mm. like if I'm in a really cool cafe like it's always in a cafe I just <laughs> love cafe and like it so far so I, <laughs> yeah. and so I want to uh I want to like capture that um mm. and so I guess looking at people and um way that they're dressed or the way that they're sitting and talking and um and the how they're doing it and mm. the post that they're in it creates a whole atmosphere but also like then the lighting comes in and all that but uh there is this um intense like fear that I'm gonna mess it up because I, oh. my day-to-day -day, so used to working in photoshop and having the back end, like the undo button that mm. it get into my sketchbook and I get so nervous, like my hands are sweating and I'm like just going as fast as I can and just kind of like completely focused. And, and yes, I am in the moment, but I'm like intensely in the moment and I can't talk. I can't like, I can't just like chit chat and like be like, cool. Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm like, <laughs> that's so interesting to know <laughs> what yeah, that's so interesting to know because I also wanted to ask you if you also have like any insecurities about when you're drawing or something or you have any fears or something and you just mentioned that which is really interesting for me because uh, especially what you just mentioned that you work both with like digital and also like you try to get back to like normal uh, pen and ink sort of things which exactly what you mentioned has no undo button it makes you more fearless to just do whatever you have to do and maybe be yeah. faster and quicker and just absorb as much as you can in a very short amount of time and that's why when I personally look at your sketches they're all like full of life and they're although they're like really quick about I don't know someone in the beach or someone in the cafe but you can get that feeling like someone is maybe um, I don't know like bending in the cafe and they're trying to slurp it or something and it 
it gives you that sort of feeling which is really interesting yeah 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 but it it is like like right now I haven't sketched for a long time and knowing that I haven't sketched for a long time actually makes it even more difficult to get in there and sketch because I know that that first sketch for it's not going to be good and it's and Mm. I'm going to be frustrated um and but I have to just kind of get over that and be like okay you just gotta like push through it and like do a few more and then then you'll kind of get into it and then like my hands won't be as sweaty when I'm drawing like Mm. once I get into it and doing it more regularly every day then it's not it's not as stressful I see so note to myself and everyone who's listening first sketch <laughs> is not the final sketch everyone so you need to yeah. do a few more to get used to yeah. it you well, also, also yeah yeah just wait, yeah I just want to say one more thing about that is also like that first sketch I'm so much more hypercritical and then I noticed that like as I do it more I'm not so critical about myself and the and the little things like I'll go through sketchbooks and I'll see like little line of like a profile clearly it wasn't good enough because then I see another page with the same profile and then goes to another and it's all like the whole sketchbook is just full of like these half starts of a drawing and I'm like there was nothing wrong with those profiles but in the moment I was like oh my god I just ruined it I just ruined the whole drawing and I had to start all over you were and thinking really, too much about it yeah yeah like I I, I don't know it, I was being overly critical mm, interesting I think so many artists have that within themselves but I think it's, it's still interesting that the only thing that keep them going is the fact that they keep trying and keep failing and then again try again and that's what yeah. made it finally work so we, we only see like your final sketch obviously like when you post it and we say oh wow this is very cool what yeah I what, probably what, do a, a post someday of all the like the the mess ups and all the things leading up to it <laughs> so. yeah that would be absolutely inspiring because uh, you know that this uh, mountain that everyone shows this ice mountain that you only say that top of it no one's know all the hard works and all the failures underneath so it's I think that would be really inspiring to post it actually so um that was a really good point to mention to actually know even like within a sketchbook people sketchbook is basically for messing around and just yeah just being messy and do whatever you want to do but it's interesting to know that Evan clicking everyone <laughs> goes fails and keep doing it again and again so yeah. yeah um but you also do like ipad sketches as well so talking about going back and forth to um yeah digital and um hand drawn so yeah. uh how about like ipad sketches so for you because uh, with your ipad sketches again it's like capturing moment but what i notice is that there are you go for absolutely like plain flat um just just with one brush and you quickly capture the moment again like it's not like uh, what you do in photoshop it's more like um flat yeah. and yeah yeah i just kind of try to work as quickly as possible because yeah when you're in that moment the person's going to get up and leave or Mm. um, 
you're gonna have to give up the table soon <laughs> like i don't know it's, it's just uh you just you can't stay in it that long so yeah um I, I, sorry if you, i'm just keep talking about your work on and on because your work is so amazing and you have like different things so that's why I, i'm trying to get as more as much as i can um now let's go back to your like uh, fine art work uh, again we talk about the fact that you get inspired by um, um other painters and the classical painters and all that but I remember I actually discovered it myself. I didn't knew that, like, it was my own discovery, but I, I didn't knew that you already wrote that in your website. <laughs> so the paintings that you inspired by um, Marie Laurenson. Is it Marie Laurenson? Yeah. <laughs> French. <laughs> so I, I remember because once uh, when I went to Paris and I went to uh, the Dorset Museum, it was, I think, my second time in that museum. Uh, but it was funny because when I passed by her work, I didn't recognize her work uh, the first time. The first time, I think I was more into Dega and those sort of people that I love mm -hmm. and know. But the second time I saw that and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I, is, it, is it like Claire King? Oh, the color, uh, the, the, you know, the color palette and all that. So I was thinking that maybe you got inspired by that and it just clicked. And I actually asked you once as well that if you got inspired by her and you're telling me, yes. Yeah. So tell yes. me about those. Yeah. Tell me about those sort of inspirations that how you, how you think about like, um, is that like you have some favorite artists and then you decide, for example, to do some, uh, beautiful girls in that sort of style or also it just came naturally so how's the process for you to get inspiration from that sort of I don't know artists well we were doing an art show with some other girls from Disney oh yeah and ladies in animation yeah yeah um yeah yeah so we had an art show that we were putting together and so I had to come up with ideas um and like I said before, like I have a hard time doing something beautiful for the sake of beauty or appeal without like having, I don't know, something behind it. So mm. it was like a, like, or, or like having a purpose behind it. And so I, um, I had a, I struggled with it because I, I, I consider myself more of an illustrator and having to tell a story with my art, but I didn't want to have mm. art up there that was like telling a story necessarily. I wanted it to be something that was just beautiful. And yeah. And there was this feeling that I got when I saw the Marie Lawrence paintings in yeah. Paris. Um, it was just like, uh, it, yeah. it I made, <laughs> it made me want to do the same. It was just like, oh, I want to, I want to just live in that space. Like I want to know what it feels like to make those decisions in with my paintbrush. Mm -hmm. um, and so when that opportunity to do that art show came up, I was like, oh, I just want to, I want to kind of be inspired by Marie Lawrenson and, and, and have that like soft, um, mm. like 
those round shapes curves kind of yeah or just like visually what I would want to do if this is like if this is just purely like what I think is visually pleasing what 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 is that going to look like yeah and so it, it just kind of took me back to that time that I had seen the Marie Lawrence paintings in um, the Orangerie Museum and I was, it was just like oh I want to do that and so I was like oh this is my chance <laughs> Mm, yeah interesting because yeah um that was really um cool thing for me as well to discover it's like oh my god probably the moment that you were there I was like also ah <laughs> <laughs> understand like actually um a ladies in animation project was a kickstarter project that was I don't know how many years ago it was but um I also supported that project and I got your print um in my house as well so I got the book and also the oh, print so yeah oh, it, yeah so it's it's I think one from you and one from Laura Libove so I got like two small prints which is really cool so yeah I got your artwork in my room <laughs> yeah which is really lovely so as you mentioned it's really like a very um just a just a beautiful and also i love the color palette which is like is um lavender sort of things bluish purplish thing so yeah absolutely beautiful <laughs> yeah, my, um my friend sorry. from arts but she's always um teasing me she's saying like yeah your world is just purple like i come into your office and it's just like purple everywhere <laughs> it's true like it's like purple pastel dust everywhere and, and when i was in paris oh, oh i just fall off is your phone okay yeah it's fine i oh you know, like, sorry i've had holders like keep it um very i'm here I, yeah yeah i can yeah. no i can see you but is your phone okay yes hold on it's my ipad so zoom Oh yes, you're back. Oh, sorry. Oh wow. You know, I have to like prop it up. And so that, then that, that was a moment that I just fall down. That was a point. Yeah. That the new, the newer ones have they're like more designed for this type of. Mm. I I haven't noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I wanted to also uh, let's talk about your uh, book illustration as well. So yeah. one of the things again is that is interesting for me. I think most of the books that you've wrote and also illustrate, of course, is based on your experience of uh, being mom and also got inspired by your daughter, if I'm right. And uh, it's I think it's that moment in your books that you finally brought your own personal experiences rather than something that is commissioned or something within someone else's story or fairy tale. So um, how does that experience work for you and how um, what did you make to wanting to, for example, tell those sort of stories that are more personal? Um, I think I've always wanted to um tell something that is like my life or like mm -hmm. I mean even with the Rapunzel stuff like it was very much like trying to translate myself into Rapunzel and um there's I, I guess it just kind of 
came naturally also. So I had the, the idea to make this book about Matisse. She just, she was just like such a little character of like this little girl in this big world, just kind of moving her way through. And I just, it was such a character. I just, I really wanted to make a book about that. But then I felt really guilty because um, I had just had a baby and I was like, oh, Roman's going to feel so bad if he's not in this book. And then I was like, oh, maybe that's what this book is about. It's about this little girl moving through this big world. And then she's suddenly like, she gets this brother and she's not a little girl anymore, but she's like the, the big, big sister. Sister, yeah. Uh, that, that's when it was like, oh, that's what this story is about. It's about both of them. Yeah. <laughs> And so that was really fun to be able to just live in this world of my kids and our family and, and kind of paying respect to my grandfather and his work. And uh, he had done the family circus um, inspired by his own family. And, uh, and so I got to, to do kind of that pen and ink style um, that was also similar to his. Which was, I didn't I know just that. feel like, like everything is like right as it should be <laughs> yeah and also pretty personal to you as well but yeah, yeah that's interesting and how how comes um how how does it work in terms of like wanting to publishing your book so is that like um you know some publishers that you go to or you have to like pitch your book I don't know how does that work so like if you want to publish a book uh, oh, I have a children's book agent who, um, oh, okay. who will pitch my, like my latest book. I had to, to go out and pitch it. Um, but the first two were with Penguin and okay. he, he was also my agent through that too. Um, and it was, it was kind of a funny thing. Um, I was working on Tangled and doing the, the murals. And while I was doing the murals, there was this idea that came to me while I was rocking Matisse to sleep one night, which is a baby. And like, I would just kind of get into these like very creative zones while I was nursing her. And I had this like idea of a girl like flying up to the sky and meeting the sun, the stars and the moon. And, and each of the characters were like embodied as people or as a character. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really want to do that. And so like I, I put it in the murals in, inside uh, Rapunzel's room that she is actually the sun. Um, and I think that at the end of the movie, we actually see that and like one of the suns are like hidden inside her big shape. As oh, yes, yes, yeah. But I was like, I. I want to like really do that story. And so then around that time, um, John Laster was uh, running the studio at that time. And he wanted, he had started this program um, to get the artists at the studio to write children's books. Oh, and, okay. And he said, um, he said, if you guys have any uh, ideas for children's books, like, present them and and we'll like pick the ones that that work for the studio to to publish through our yeah uh, publisher, Hyperion 
And so I was like, okay, well then I'll get on that because there was a deadline and I was like, okay, I'll do this. And, uh, and so I kind of worked through the whole story. And, and then my, my agent contacted me around that time and he said, hi, I saw your work in a magazine of some sort. And I actually it was that magazine that you were talking about, about my house. He saw, oh, yes. he found his, it was his wife. He, she'd seen me in there and she's like, you should contact this, this artist. She works at Disney. She might be interested in doing children's books. And so he contacts me and he says, um, would you be interested in doing children's books? I'm in the children's book agent and I represent, and so he listed off like John Clausen and Christian Robinson and like all these amazing illustrators that like I had already like realized that I was really I loved these illustrators and I was like wait this guy's he represents I want to be represented by this person so, and, yes right on the right time <laughs> yes right at the right time he's like and so if you have any children's book ideas like let me know and you can like I can help you pitch them yes, yes, yes. it's like actually I just happened to like last week finished this idea and he's like oh well great um next time you're in New York let me know and I'll like set you up with all the art directors and stuff mm. and so I was going to New York for a high school reunion and and I go out there and I um I show my portfolio mostly just to illustrate other people's books but also I had this idea for a book and the first people that I met with was Penguin and, and I showed them my book and um for two days straight I was just going and meeting lots of different publishing houses and art directors and it was so much fun yeah. and uh, end of the second day uh my my agent Steve calls me and he said did you check your emails and um I said no he's like a penguin from yesterday morning first wow. people they're like they, they, they want um, so cool. to offer you a to do once upon a cloud this story about this girl going up to the sky and meeting the sun the stars and moon and another book that i was like i don't know if i can sign the contract for a second book i don't <laughs> for have unknown it. one <laughs> um and uh so cool so that that was how that all started and that was really really special um and uh, and so it was then afterwards that Roman was born and, and, and I decided that I wanted to make this second book about Matisse and all that. And so then Little Big Girl became a book. And now I have a third book that I, am, that I have written that is coming out have, in March. Ooh, tell me about uh, that. So we're going it, to promote that now. Okay. <laughs> we have, um, it's coming out through uh, Chronicle and it's called Little Wonder. I can show it. Ooh, exclusive look of Claire Keane's third it, it book. Hasn't it hasn't come yet. Oh, right on my podcast, everyone. Little wonder. That's amazing. Yeah. Is it yeah. a, like an underwater word? Yes, yes. It's a little boy who lives underwater and he goes on this Ooh. journey, which is like, oh, exclusive look here. Wow. I feel honored. So, a love letter from a mother to her child accompanies him on a journey of unbelievable fantasies. It's a day 
full of breathtaking adventures, exciting twists and turns and unexpected friends with an imagination stronger than the tide and a mama's love deeper than the ocean itself. Little Wonder can do anything he believes in and he will. Thank you, Taylor, who is my editor. Oh, and the beautiful. These are the end papers. Tre treasure maps. Woo. Uh, so cool. Uh, an example of Little Wonder's journey through life. Oh, so cool. Thank you so much for showing it. So awesome. Yeah. So this March, everyone, grab yeah. yourself one of the Little Wonders book by Claire King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing thank you so much for showing it i'm actually excited um i uh, how, how many books is, is your third one that you are writing and illustrating yourself because i think you had two other books as well so those are only you've illustrated them or not writing uh, the other two books i wrote and illustrated and this one i wrote and illustrated and then i have others that i have um, illustrated uh, uh, okay okay so this is the like the third one that you actually both write and illustrated yeah amazing so yeah, cool really yeah exciting so cool and also you got this bluish um yeah color look, it's, look, it's all purple, all purple. <laughs> it's <the> purple yeah <laughs> it's just i i try i try really hard to like it's my favorite color too so i'm i'm not gonna like oh i would love it i mean yeah even like my uh, walls uh, are this um, pale pale purple as well so really? yeah yeah not not here but in my uh, house in tehran <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's my favorite color too so i'm not gonna like judge you for that <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that you um put yourself into Rapunzel and we talked about the fact that we are both ENFP as well so yeah I told you that I, I also know, feel that's, that's what I thought was so crazy when yeah. when you had I, I don't know if it was you or your cousin or you had said that on on Facebook I was just like wow <laughs> Rapunzel and I actually are the same person. Like somehow I actually did come through <laughs> to her. And it's funny to know that I associate with that too. So that's that feels like, like yeah. oh my God, NFT, NFT. <laughs> so funny. Um, so one last thing to ask you is about the fact that because you also talk about like how you're being mom. And you, when you were like nursing your kids, you had this idea. So I want to know, because I think you're actually the first mom on my podcast too. <laughs> um, yeah. So I want to know like how you balance it out. So obviously, because it's a big change in life and your routine life. And obviously I think women's are superheroes and got the superpower. So I just want to know how um actually you balance your personal life and your work life and how does that work for you yeah it's been it, it it's not an easy thing to yeah. do um it i've been early on when i had my baby um i there's just so much to say about it like <laughs> i I, the first, so I was on maternity leave. Okay. And I, um, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't know how I was ever going to go back to work. 
because oh wow all of my all of my um attention and focus was on her and I'd never left work before and mm. so I was wait will all of my creative drive have been just to have this baby will I never have my identity again and mm. it was a, a real fear plus I was just afraid um that I, I mean I was it's a complete change of identity and suddenly not having not doing any of the work that I had previously done in that was bringing me my sense of purpose or like mm. It, it, I didn't have time for it. It was just me nursing the baby and nothing else. And I, I just felt like my whole, um, my confidence in myself, like just went down and I mm. didn't like, I, I don't, I don't, what if, what if I can't even draw again? Like what mm. if, um, sorry, um, what if, I, what if I can't draw again? And I just tried drawing and like, there's no, nothing there because ultimately when I had Matisse, I didn't feel like drawing. Like I didn't yeah. have any desire to be doing any of that stuff. That's and a lot really of changes I think going on at that time. Yeah, it was. And yeah. I, I'd never experienced that before. So it was a little scary, um, but there was those moments when I would nurse her and I would get into that really contemplative state because she, she needed me to rock her until she was fast asleep. <laughs> she, I couldn't just like lay her down and then go off and have my, yeah. I would rock her and then like get into this, like, like delirium in my head. And, uh, <laughs> like two hours later, I'd be stuffing out of her room. Like I'm, I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. And everybody would be Aww. done with it. But in those times, like that's when I would like have like these ideas and um, all the ideas that I have now that I'm trying to like push forward into production in some way or another have come from those moments of nursing. Interesting. And, and they were moments of like, just reminding me like, no, you still have these ambitions. Yeah. And we'll get back into it. It's just, it's from a like a deeper, deeper place, not not a place of like needing to get something done. It's like yeah. have like a purpose for doing it. Also, and it's so, about the timing, I think. It's about the timing, right timing as well. So yeah. That is another thing that I'm learning now too. Yeah. Um, but and so then um my maternity leave was up and I had to get back to work and and so I was trying to work and take care of Matisse at the same time and it wasn't working mm. because I just felt like I was being a bad mom being a bad worker and just I wasn't like nothing was getting done well and so okay. eventually I was able to get a nanny okay and and that was amazing to just kind of like realize, okay, my baby is being taken care of well. And okay. I can yeah. all of my focus onto my work right now mm -hmm. and then done. And then I will be back to my baby. 
and that that was that was very eye-opening for me to see like okay I can't do everything at the same time yeah even though she, she might sleep for like because because she'd have like these naps and so I'd be like okay she's going to sleep for 45 minutes that means I'll like work for 45 minutes but it that's it's not clockwork so like 10 minutes into her nap she'd be awake and be like ah oh, no but yeah. then I'd feel guilty we're having like such a negative reaction to her being awake and like going, ah, ah, ah. yeah. And, um, and so that's been kind of a thing that I've, I've learned. It's like, okay, I, I need somebody to help me. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and now, I mean, they're old enough. I don't have a nanny anymore and they've got, they're in aftercare. I felt like I had to relearn all of that again during the pandemic when oh. I uh, it's just me I'm a single mom and I've got two kids at the house and I've got um them in front of their zooms their their classes schools yeah yeah and I I had just started working at DreamWorks full-time so oh, I was like I didn't know that <laughs> yeah I, I, I yeah uh, March uh March 2020 I started like right mm -hmm. at the lockdown. And I, I was so excited to get back into a studio and be like with other adults. <laughs> that didn't I know. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's been another like uh, resurgence of like needing to reimagine what balance yeah. in my in personal life is. Yeah. Um, but I think with the thing that you mentioned now, um, everyone's had to be homeschooled. I think that's everyone's problem right now. Every, everyone's balance just ruined. So <laughs> yeah, I realized yeah. is that the previous paradigm of nine to five was always in the back of my mind. And it, yeah. made, it made, and it still makes me feel guilty if I'm not working at the, like during that, but I realize now that that's not the way life is mm -hmm. and I can't because COVID really kind of forced that upon everybody that yeah. we have our kids, we've got the things that we have to do and we've got the, it's we just work about as well. just get the work done. And, mm. and I'm realizing that I can have little spurts of intense work if if I know that I have to get this done for a certain time and I can just like work towards that. And then, I, and I'm just kind of like organizing it all around the times that I pick up my kids or like have to take them this place or that place. And um, yeah. it's actually a lot more freeing because now I can do both as long as they're not in my office with me. Like when Roman is at home, I can't, I can't work. It's just like not possible. He's always like, mommy, can you play? Mommy, look at this. Mommy, you're not looking at me. Aww. <laughs> How old is he now? He's nine. He's nine. nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's, 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 that's a lot. Yeah. It's interesting because yeah, I've I've I, I have no idea how 
it's like to be a mom or um, having that sort of balance. So yeah, like, like I, I was telling you during the pandemic, I had like free time. I was like, no, I didn't have free time. Now I know and understand because you obviously had two kids that you had to take about and they yeah, you had to be homeschooled and you had work to do. So yeah. I did not. It really was very similar to when I was like, uh, thinking about getting pregnant and I'd just be like how is that even possible to have a baby and work at the I it, like would blow my mind to even think of the possibility of doing it and um and in the beginning of COVID I was like okay all of this looks very very impossible um but I know I will get through it somehow <laughs> and I, just in the same way that I did like in the beginning when I was pregnant I didn't think that it'd be possible but somehow it like somehow it all works out and it does. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, like somehow you just find the the stores of energy or the time. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's moms out there that have like four kids oh, and a yeah. job. I don't know how, how even. I don't know either, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, so that, that's why at the beginning I mentioned that it's like a superpower to me because I have absolutely no idea and uh, I, I just salute well, you I don't for that. It's amazing. have any idea until, until you've gone through it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like a mystical thing. Like, gathering gives you something else that you didn't have before. But I remember around that time that um, I was really struggling with having, at that point, two kids and a job and trying to balance everything. I was complaining about it to my dad or like just telling him how difficult it was and he said you know like balance is about tension about like you have to hold the tension on this side and you have to hold the tension on that side and once there's once you've lost the tension on one side the balance is lost oh. so like feeling the tension between the two is is probably a good sign mm. and like, oh that's a really good point and if I if I can kind of like come to a sort of peace with the, with the tension of having to balance those two things, um, then I can kind of like stay in that center a little bit. Yeah. Better without getting knocked off. Yeah. I think the fact that realizing or accepting the fact that, okay, it's, it both are hard thing to do and, I don't know to to acknowledging the fact that as you mentioned they all they both have tensions or yeah something that is hard to do so you when you when you realize that then you try to somehow work through it and work it out to make the balance between the two so yeah that was an interesting point so yeah yeah wow so I I, I still salute you for that <laughs> yeah it's still amazing so I also appreciate your time for um being on my podcast because you finally don't have kids as you say to, to, on yeah, this weekend is, uh, so the first four months that I am kidless so yeah. I am it's funny that when you emailed me that I'm kidless for a, for a moment <laughs> that I was like kidless what English word is that and I actually googled it and I was like oh she's being kidless so I was uh, it, it was very funny because I wasn't really like familiar with the word kidless and well, when I, I read your email I, not, but I it's it's like my ultimate word these days I know I, I don't think it was but. a word either because I, I read that 
and I, and I was really excited to like hearing back from you and I was like yeah I'm kidless and I was like what does she mean that she's kidless and I was like, oh she is kidless <laughs> yeah without kids so I was like oh cool <laughs> so yeah it, it, it got me for a moment that oh I, I don't understand English but then I was like oh, oh okay she's kidless. That, that was very funny so one last question um uh, is about you directing some of uh, some short animations um, I want to know how does that feel to being able to actually uh, pick your style and uh, directing the whole thing because I what I saw on your website was those three different things that one was more like a primitive very simple shaped um, um, animation that was mostly like um, um, yeah that, um, like your concept um, more like a uh, what's it called a um, motion graphic sort of thing because yeah. it was your concept that, that was uh, moving the, was that the this american life thing um no it was allies in war partners in peace is that the one? Oh yeah that was for the um the smithsonian the... yeah and the, you got this other one that was the invisible made invisible right i, I i've yeah. seen only these two that that's the this american life thing the invisible make yeah. visible was um the this american life thing and that one oh. was a lot more graphic and kind of um yeah motion graphics and and i did it with my ex-husband who is a motion graphic designer and um and so we kind of came up with those well they're two very different ideas but um uh well, both of those had the person that was like asking us to do it. So mm -hmm. um, the This American Life thing was Ira Glass that had asked us to um, do the intro to his live show. You know, he has a podcast, mm -hmm. This American Life. And, um, and he had um, four or five different people coming on and Mike Birbiglia was in there who's, in a, who's a comedian and so is Tig Notaro who is also a comedian but they also have like these life stories that they tell and so so we had to design something that went from one thing to another that could kind of like animate in in between yeah. um, each of those um that but that also felt like the the people that that were presenting okay um and uh, and so that was really fun. It was just just kind of something fun. And and there's like I get to use my creativity in a way, in a more graphic way than yeah, I that's what I want to say to yeah. Yeah, than I need to do in animation. That's more purely visual about like transitions and and also yeah. Vincent X. He he also thinks in that way too. we were in art school together in france so he thinks in that way in, in terms of like transitions and shapes and yeah what from one thing to another um and then the 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 native american project um that was that was inspired by my murals actually oh um, there we go was the some people who had seen my murals had wanted me to 
to design something for this space in the museum for this, um, to tell this story of um, the Oneida Indians, oh, okay. the Oneida American people who, um, who played a big role in, in our um, independence. And, and so it's kind of telling the story of that around a sculpture that they had in the middle of the room. And mm -hmm. so they wanted it to be a 360 mural, but oh, okay. one that would tell story um, through its um, paintings. And that was really, really fun. Like looking on that, I, was, I, I want to do this forever. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the reason that I asked this also was because it's it was very like it's different as you mentioned it's more graphic, and it's different from the visitive stuff that you were doing that was more like I don't know sketchy or rendered. So yeah, yeah, it's it's much more visual, like visually driven rather than story driven. Yeah, although the Native American thing actually had like there were very specific um, stories that you, yeah, yeah story things and historical events that needed yeah. to be conveyed. And so that, that is also like really exciting too, to have something specific that needs to be shown. Um, yeah. And yeah. Very cool. So um, I think that's all uh, that I wanted to really ask. And thank you so much um, about explaining all your working process. Obviously, you had so much work and that's why we had to go through all of them. I couldn't just leave them all behind, um, especially like, yeah, because you work like in an animation and you got these like great drawings and all that. So, yeah, I honestly had to talk about all of them. So thank you so much. Um, do you have anything, anything else to add or tell to the audience or yeah, like basically everyone's listening, not only Iranians, so you can tell everything worldwide. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no I, I think honestly, everything has been said. Um, yeah, I just kind of want to do more of this. I, I just love sitting and talking with you. Thank you. Two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. We actually um, that we almost have an hour talk. Everyone with Claire that she was interviewing me, <laughs> but we didn't record this. But thank I, you so I, much for this. I really hope that like I'll be able to do that for real someday. Absolutely, yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah, you should um, definitely come to London, and we can go to an opera that you once loved. To sing there and we can watch oh, them together <laughs> that would be fun. Oh. yeah so, I, yeah we can we can do that <laughs> yeah thank you so much for your time and i again um i appreciate you for accepting my invitation and coming to my podcast okay well thank you and i appreciate you for asking me to come and talking with me and sharing your story with me too thank you so Thanks, thank you so thank you so much everyone for listening to this podcast i'm so excited to be back i have so many more amazing interviews that i cannot wait to share with you all this is my passion project and the more love you give me the more episode i can make for you please don't forget to comment like and just share your opinions with me and share this podcast with your friends 
this episode will be also published in youtube so keep celebrating love keep celebrating peace and just i hope everyone around this world to live in peace and happiness and until the next episode take care and i see you very soon Thank you.